and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG-related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two co-hosts here, Ryan. The times are almost upon us, young ones. And Scott. I'm getting out. I'm getting out of the dragon, man. I I'm, I got... I'm gonna, no one skips the dragon. I'm, I'm going to get one and done. Just one day, done, and then I'm out. It's like Pringles. Once you pop, you just can't stop, man. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, wow. We, I'm tired. We've had three jam-packed great interviews recently. We really, really have. They were some fun, fun interviews. Well, I hope you guys enjoy it. Now you just have to listen to us. Oh, yeah, we God. have no guest. We have no luminary. Yeah, I like to call it to say that they're luminaries. It's it's flattering. Um, but actually, I want to go ahead and uh, the top of the show, thank uh, for all the people that are new, new listeners. I've seen our downloads number increase or at least be more consistent, which means people are going into our, into our back catalog and actually like looking at what we've done in the past, we appreciate that. We've got some good ones back there. Check it out. Yeah, we do. We do. Lots of ones where we ask various people smarter than us or better than us lots of interesting questions. Yeah. Uh, and also, big shout out to our patrons. Um, we have, uh, if this sounds a little bit different, um, that's because we've gotten some new equipment. We've got a new audio interface that helps us record all. It's very technical, but it just makes us, allows us to record more. And, and if you can't tell the difference, lie. <laughs> yeah. It's multi-track drifting. Yeah. Multi track drifting is that we just <laughs> Deja vu. I just got in the space before. In Matthew, insert that here. Deja vu. I just been in the space before. on the street. Okay, yeah. I could only have done that because patrons have given us money and I've been able to like learn new software. So thank you very much, patrons. We appreciate it. If you're thinking about becoming a patron, go to patreon.com slash polyhedron. Uh and uh, what else we got? How's gaming been? Gaming's been fantastic. I have uh, started my second game. The first, of course, being Aeon for Polyhedron. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Amber, Dice's Role Playing, uh, the second campaign that I'm running. And I'm just going to keep stacking on them until I collapse in a pile of goo. <laughs> uh, because More gaming. Another one. Another one. Because uh, just a combination of me getting older and um, the... LARPs not being a, a, a thing that I'm generally having a lot of fun at anymore. Uh, I am going full back into the old ways and the old days before Matthew, you drug me into that cesspool of emotions yeah, uh-huh, and drama. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, uh-huh. you, you did it. You literally did it. I pulled you in, but I didn't cause the drama. Okay. Well, we'll I'm going to blame it on you anyway. Uh, but no, anyway, no, no, it's fine. I, I, I appreciate it. Enjoyed my period as LARPing, but it, getting out of it, Means that I have time for tabletop. Thank you for your service. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty much exactly there. Uh, I've, I played in your mm-hmm. Amber game. I play in Aeon with you. They're both really fun. I'm very excited to see what happen. Yeah, uh, whatever the next one is, I'm sorry you're not going to be in it because that's yeah. just enough. Yeah, uh, <laughs> as, but I pulled back. Uh, but I've also pulled back more from LARPing. I only do one now, and that only is four times a year, so mm-hmm. that's very minor on my schedule. Which I'm actually just enjoying tabletopping more. I'm just really enjoying it. I'm getting back into the skill set you need mm-hmm. for good tabletop because that's a slightly different skill set than good it really LARPing. Is. It's theater of the mind. Yeah, it's it's a little bit different. Put some spooky noises in after he said Ooh. that. Time, time is whatever you want it to be. Is time a flat circle? Question mark. Uh, shut the fuck up, Russ. <laughs> so, what about you, Ryan? How's your game? Uh, fine. I mean, I've been enjoying the shit out of Aeon. I got to be horrifying. If you're patrons, you're really going to enjoy the most recent episode, which is probably going to be like episode four or five. 
where where shit really gets real and you get to see why psychokinetics are scary people. Lava is involved. There's a lot of lava. I make a lot of lava happen. And we did it from a really far away distance. You can do that shit when you got clairsentience and, and whatnot. The, we way are the, a, the way the power mixing system, you can pull off some crazy shit. It. Uh, expect after Dragon Con, we're going to probably do our finalizer deep dive for Aeon now that we've really gotten into the guts of the system and we know how it works. Uh, expect us to go through the whole damn thing. Overall, thumbs up. Yep. Yeah, it's really good. If you want to do a quick review on it. Uh, in news, uh, a couple really cool things have happened. First, A, from Gale Force 9, Dune the role-playing game is coming back. Ah. Uh, the spice must flow. It's a little track on your sheet. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, they're they're producing it. There's no timetable really just yet. Uh, I think I think they've said that they're trying to time it so that it comes out before the new movie okay. that Denis Villeneuve is making. Yeah, I can't pronounce his last name because it's French and I'm an American and fuck you. Is that the guy who did like Blade Runner? Oh, the guy who did 2049. Blade Runner. Yeah, twenty forty nine. It'll probably be pretty good then. Yeah, it'll probably be uh, real I'm, good. I'm super looking forward to it because I I need me some good like weird space opera. I need. Yes. I haven't actually ever seen the original Dune movie. Okay. Holy crap. Guys, I have a lot of nerd cred, but not like not, that not deep. enough. Not, not enough. I, I got it in some place Honest, weird spots. Honestly, Ryan, you should read the book. Man, like, there's a lot of books I need to book. read. Um actually the first three books, which read those. You don't have to read anything or, after I, that. If, if you don't have the time, just read Dune. Just read the first one. Uh because it is uh, it, it is sort of the it is the essence. It is the spice of like that sort of old sci-fi goodness. Yeah, it's 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 really sexy, and I'm looking forward to the role-playing game. Uh, the role-playing game is going to be interesting. Uh, I know that there's been a couple of versions of the role-playing game out there. I really want to get my hands on one of them. I heard one of them was really good. Yeah, well, they said somebody like used the, the Torg uh, system. No, no, it's it, like it had like a house building component to it. Oh, okay. Uh, houses of the blooded no there were no burning wheel. That was it. Burning Somebody wheel. made a burning wheel hack for that you could use for Dune. Oh, yeah. Um, I think they called it blood and sand or something like no, that. No, no, no. That would have been a that would have been a house the blood and something uh, would have been a, yeah. a a house of the blooded thing. But there has been a couple either official games or unofficial games Which, that have been made. And also Cinemax would have sued. Yeah. <laughs> uh and I gotta say, John Wick Where's that House of the Blooded 2 Kickstarter, man? I, I want it. Yeah, I man. want it. I yeah. want to give you just put, money. Just put it out there so it can be funded in 35 minutes. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. And you, then some. It's just that easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we'll let you know when we get more details. We'll let you guys know. Um, also, uh, related to our previous interview with Jason Carl, uh, it has been officially announced that in September, Geek and Sundry is starting you're shaking your head. I'm like, shaking my head because he's cheeky. Because he knew. He knew. He knew when we asked him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, Geek and Sundry, he's going to officially start an L.A. by night um, live stream, a mm-hmm. live play of the new V5. Oh, man. Fridays and then archived on Project Alpha. Actually, that's really cool because yeah, I no, I we've, see talk, we've talked about this a lot. It's like, you know... For all the people out there, like everyone, like 95% of all streams are Dungeons and Dragons. This is probably like the first time that a mainstream platform like Geek and Sundry is going to have something that isn't. No, actually, they have. A, do they, do have, they have stuff they that have is? Geek and Sundry, uh, and they're they're sort of the thing that they go through. Project Alpha actually has a lot of like more obscure shit on it, but it doesn't have the cachet. It doesn't have the push that Dungeons and Dragons has. So I'm thinking this might be um, like something to contend. 
So they have a lot of stuff. None of it contends with the. They NBA. have a very good platform and the opportunity to grow right. substantially. It's just getting eyes and like because you know I've known people who talk, who listen to tabletop podcasts have been playing tabletop role playing games for. 15 years mm-hmm. and when i'm like yeah i just interviewed the guy who is like repping for vampire the masquerade fifth edition the genuine question is sometimes what's vampire i don't it, get that there are people who don't know what it is like what? it's you can you can go your entire like yeah if you if you have no one to tell you dude how would you know i i don't know just the internet man what if you don't go look for it the, you have to seek the answer to the question I don't know. I just I can't imagine that there are people who are just so enmeshed in D and D that they think that that's all there well, is. Well, no, it may not it, be that. It could be other games too. Yeah, they know true. a lot about other games, but Vampire has been out of the spot. It's been of. yeah. In it this has. individual, in this individual case, it's someone who's only ever really played a couple of tabletop games, really enjoyed it, but you know they're not going to run it, and no one else they know runs sure. anything else. So. Not many people go researching games that they have no intention of ever playing or would never know to play. Are tea parties all there is? Uh, yes, actually. Uh, that's a Supernatural reference. Go it, look it, it up. It's it really fucking it's funny. Really funny. <laughs> Season but 67, anyway. streaming now. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually true. But anyway, uh, so Dragon Con's coming up. Yes. Oh, um, boy. Yay. So the last bit of news that we have is officially, 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 if you guys haven't heard yet, we will be at DragCon, all three of us. We have a panel. It's called Kill Your Darlings. It's 5.30. We will be generally referencing the killing of one's darlings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to be, we don't have the stage by ourselves. We're going to have a couple other cool guys with us from various other actual play podcasts. Vicious Mockeries and Botched. Yep. And botched. But yeah, I think we're going to kind of be taking taking the lead on it just because we're the guys who discuss this stuff generally and they're just going to talk they're just, about it. They're actual players. I, so. And they're going to have good insights for everything. Yeah, no, gonna absolutely. Do. It's going to be a fun time and then we're going to take a lot of questions and, and stories from the audience. And my, my insight definitely comes from the ground of I've never, well, I mean, I've never been a professional writer or anything like that and mm-hmm. I've never really been a big time storyteller. So my insights definitely come from the, you know, I'm a player so I have to like, make it fit sort of right, thing yeah. this shit isn't working this thing that i kind of hinged my character on i have a, I, I have a couple a, good stories i have a phrase that i'll i'll, I'll wait i'll wait, wait for it it may have i may have said it on this podcast before but mm-hmm. it'll be the one i'll be using you'll, uh, you'll deploy that bomb gotcha. it will be on the 31st that's that friday of dragon con mm-hmm. 5 30 it gallery i believe gallery six in the hilton um, that would probably be uh, in the lower levels of the Hilton because they renovated it uh, last year or the year before. So is that the area below the Walk of Fame now? Is that is there a stuff down there now? Other than yes. That? So remember where gaming used to be? Yeah, that's where it is now. Okay, so they so, just made uh, this so into it's rooms. a room that none of us have ever been in before. So yeah, because the room didn't exist the last uh, time. I, well, I was there last year because what they did is they subdivided. They basically made it where it they have uh you know those foldable walls sure and that's what they made that entire lower area is just modular rooms interesting so we should be down there look us up on the schedule remember 5 30 it's on the podcast and uh digital media track yeah we'll be we'll be posting links to facebook events yeah. and i have the links to everything stuff. i have an event page for facebook i put out i'm gonna keep i'm gonna put it on spam now once this episode drops i'm gonna be putting it out on spam but that leads into our topic, which yep. is con role playing. Con role play. And you know what? It takes many forms. Sometimes it's literally just a guy in a Deadpool outfit acting like a total cock. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that Bad. because that's cosplay fuckery. You're uh, very clever. 
Mm-hmm. You're a very clever yes, boy. You're being an asshole as the <laughs> asshole. Less I. But anyway, so especially at Dragon Con, but in all sorts of other conventions, gaming is a big thing. Um, I know there's a lot of tabletop that goes on. Uh, more more every year, actually. Darkon was such a big thing at yeah. Dragon Con for so long. Mm-hmm. I it, mean, there's there's so many different flavors of it that you can get. Uh, like I said, there's tabletop, and they've got like organized play. They've got campaign play. They've got pickup games that they that are going on all the time. Yeah. Um. So basically, like, because uh, bulk of my bulk of my experience is Dragon Con, so I'll be pulling from that. Yeah. I mean, is they have campaign and non-campaign tabletop, which is campaign is like stuff generally in their actual org play, which is the Adventures League nowadays. Or if they have something that's long-term, basically GMs are running this set world, and they just keep grinding through it and mm-hmm. telling new stories. I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, non-campaign play, which is just like a, a, a random adventure. something Somebody wants to run something. And at DragonCon, there's like not just D&D. There's Amber. Mm-hmm. There's Exalted. There's, there's anything, basically anything you can think of. Yeah. You generally have to sign up. Um, you generally have to sign up with someone so you're just to let them know, hey, I'm going to be there. Yeah, well, there's a system where you buy tickets and yep. whatnot. I really need to look into that. You should look at the schedule. There's probably something that you'd want to play. Yeah, and they constantly add and subtract things all the time. Um, and the con games, what we're talking about is not just how to do them, but all, but like also how to plan them if you're planning on running mm-hmm. one. Because the biggest kicker with con games is, guys, you've got probably a four-hour block. Probably mm-hmm. that's that's the bulk of it. So you need to make an adventure or run a run a, a game that's very tight, tight, mm-hmm. yeah, very tight, tight. But there's also other things like LARPs, which yeah. which can also be a four hour block, uh, or you know five or five ish hour block. Yeah, the ones uh, we've always been a part of usually had around six hours mm-hmm. for set from set to strike. Yeah, but when I uh, first started going to Dragon Con, I actually was involved in. Um, uh, it was a company called The Dark and Mirror that did yep. World of Darkness LARPs. And man, that was crazy because that was a LARP that ran the whole convention. Yeah. Uh, and you could, you know, depending on what you were playing, you could interact with that game throughout the con. And Dark Confrontation was another one yeah, like that. Yeah, I one. can actually, I played that for many years. Actually. Oh, you, you played Dark Con? Or? Yeah, I played Dark Con. Yeah, it's so funny. For anyone who doesn't know, Dark Con is, it's meta as fuck because you're a character you're actually at Dragon Con. Yeah, so like, the game is taking place at Dragon, Dragon Con. Dragon Con. So you're a character who's pretending to be a person at Dragon Con, yeah. and, and you have to get shit done discreetly. Uh, yeah, well, the whole point, part of the conceit of that was you're playing probably a supernatural creature of some type, and we're talking the full genre gambit. Like, not just fantasy, but like science fiction or whatever. Uh, or you, you were something in, you were something supernatural, something preternatural. And you're at con- at the convention. You are at Dragon Con. Well, because it's it's. I believe the conceit was well, if you're gonna do something weird or gonna look weird, this is the place to do it because someone will just assume you're in costume. Exactly. That was the whole point. It was the only time. It was generally like the, what they called the I think the Council of Monsters or something. It was just basically a group where hey, we can all do our official business that we normally can't do anywhere else here, and everyone can show up and do stuff. Um, there was always a place called Malice's. Yes, that's funny because I showed up and my last name is Malice, um, and it was always the neutral zone. It was the zone where combat a, it could was not. It was basically happen. a bar. Yeah, it was basically a bar, quote unquote, 
and everyone would come and go and do stuff, and the plot would happen throughout the entire weekend, generally climaxing on Sunday, late Sunday night. Which I believe there's also Nightfall that did World of Darkness as well that did yep. stuff, stuff like that. I don't know if they're... I don't think they're they're there. Yeah, no, they're not there this year. And I don't think had, they were here last year. And then you had basically buffer larps that would run their their uh, salon, salon style. style games which, which you know not you great know, always yeah, that's the thing it's like uh, having run quite a few of those myself having played in quite a few of those myself they're fun if you like that sort of thing yeah as a beats i mean i was a beat stick for a lot of them and yeah, I got some shit done. Like the, you can get some shit done, and well, that's really depending on like. Well, that's a decision you actually have to make as the person running the game. Are the characters going to be able to get some shit done, or are you going to put a bunch of prospective newbies on a roller coaster and hope that they, you know, buy the season pass? Yeah. And my personal thoughts on the matter is, uh, the newbies who come to con games are trash. Don't worry about them; they're not <laughs> real people, and they're never coming back. Yeah, it's very uh, rare that that someone has come. I have seen I have seen it happen twice. Mm-hmm. That's great. They're cool people, but they were probably going to have the DNA in them anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the idea of a buffer in a con is hard because especially if the rules don't allow you to do the buffer combat situation, yeah. which well, most places don't. You just got to lean heavily on the thinky, politicky, magicy shit. Right. At which juncture you really have to shoot? Is like, is this going to be a newbie adventure in which the old? Fa- in which your PCs are just and are actually just kind of NPCs to explain everything to the new people because if you're going to do that, don't do that. Well, don't, uh. I I tried to have content for newbie. So when I okay when I ran Dragon Con games, I did a lot of the legwork on them because I was the one on staff that really liked Dragon Con games. So a lot I had I personally did a lot of thinking about like okay how how are the newbies going to interact with this and what are the old players going to be able to get accomplished in this setting and how do we mix the two together and, and to your credit like some of the one of the weirdest coolest things that I've ever done for a larp mm-hmm. was the weird sweat lodge thing we yeah, did with the, with the akua where we all had to like channel some charges and like draw weird glowy runes all over people and get black superpowers light. black yeah, light I mean, and that's, I mean, that's one of the things that you can do is when you have sort of a more contained environment, you can pull off some of that special effects Having stuff. electricity all the time. Having electricity all the time. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I pulled off some things in those games that I'm fairly proud of. Um, and but I thought, it's a very different environment. It's a very different environment. And then when I tried to do it, uh, uh, the, the one simulacra game, which was without that support system behind me for the most part, Oh God, that was hell on wheels. I, 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 I still, I'm sorry. I still, yeah. I'm sorry. You didn't do anything wrong, Matthew. Yeah, last you, year Dragon was really rough for me. You got fucked by circumstance. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not gonna hold that against yeah. you. I had a job to do, and I went. And w- I had to do it. At least not publicly. Um. Anyway, but yeah. So you can, if if you're going to a convention to role play, you have your options ahead of you. Man, you could literally just like ignore that $150 autograph that you were wanting to get and you could litter you could just you know go role play, play the whole weekend be uh, another guy the whole weekend so That's another the whole thing point, right? is when we were at momocon uh i i had uh, because i had the badge for the weekend because we were going to present the the panel uh i went to a lot of tabletopping because i didn't know i didn't know momocon i didn't know what was going on in momocon anime is not my big thing so i went to the the adventure league stuff i played a lot of adventures league and other t- uh, pickup games and it was a lot of fun. I think there is a lot of people, not just at, at many conventions, that go there specifically to game 
with random people. Like, literally dive in and go into weird adventures with random I, people. I know this is super weird, but I'm so fucking... I, 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 I'm about to say something, and you're going to be like, really? I'm shy. Aww. I'm actually kind of shy when it comes to that particular situation. Yeah, just diving into completely foreign territory. You're just like, I, I know how to control a room when I know everyone in the room, right? And I know how to deal with people. But I'm actually, when it comes to, like... I would probably have been so demure, just like, ex excuse me, I would like to um, know about how I might go about playing one of your role-playing role games <laughs> uh, <laughs> with these randos. Yeah, with these randos. Mm, I, um, I, I see you have a Dungeons and Dragons game. Um, and, and Perhaps and, I'll not buy this autograph and play two Dungeons and Dragons games. And to be fair, uh, actually doing the Adventures League stuff was really fun because something that they've done very well for the Adventures League because it's very fairly focused on not just playing at your local gaming store, but at con gaming. Like, it's a it's an arm. It's a very strong arm of the Adventures League. And what they do is like, hey, here's an entire, literally an entire table full of nothing but stacks of sheets of paper with pre-generated characters. You pick one up, go play like pick one up it tells you all the mechanics right there on this character sheet go play somebody will run something for you um and they also do what they call epics um there are several tiers of play in uh in the adventures league and one of the ones that they did it was called epics which are story of it, big story adventures that are tied to the season of gameplay and that's what they that's at conventions like Dragon Con at Momocon, that's when they do it. They're like, we're gonna run this big epic, and it's not just high level play. They have like generally have for every tier of play, they have the epic geared towards that group. They have a specific objective or something weird that goes on, or it's a big battle that everyone's involved in. And it lets them all be a part of something that will continue the story and actually make it way into sort of into books. So, out of curiosity, yep. like, what was the experience like did, gaming with a bunch of randos? It was like, fine. Were there, um, were there, were there, was people... everyone on board? Like, was everyone yeah. there getting the project? I mean, um, no one, if I remember correctly, no one was being a complete asshat. Um, everyone was kind of there. Like, there are a lot of experienced people. Um, because another thing about Adventures League, when you played those adventures, you got credit for your character. So, some of them were like, let's actually do the adventure because mm -hmm. I want. The I gold, the, the XP. I want all the stuff. I want to MMO this shit. Yeah, I want to MMO this. Some people were like that. Some people, but a lot of people were role playing. A lot of like there was one one trick that I was sitting across from. She was she was talking in a voice. She was in character, and we were all talking about stuff that we wanted to do, and we were trying to be our characters. Plus, there was just combat, and that can be fun if the GM runs it well. Uh, another example of that. It's kind of older. Uh, I went up to Origins one year with a bunch of friends, uh, and they were all involved in Arcanus, which is a, I guess it's not a D&D &D setting, it's, it's kind of its own thing, but it ran off of D&D &D rules, and then they went over to Pathfinder for, for a while, I'm not sure exactly what the status of it is. We have a friend, uh, Jeffrey Whithauer, who wrote a lot for them as well. Uh, but they did a thing where basically they had, it was kind of like an app yeah. where they had just everybody at like everyone had their table and everyone was running through this one scenario. Uh, and um, it would the situation would change based off like how the overall like because you had people running from table to table to table, like checking. So like, OK, what has happened at this point? Have they gotten past this thing? Have they gotten that thing? And then. At the end of it, they sort of gather up all the data 
about like how many tables succeeded, how many tables failed, how many p tables achieved this sub goal, how many people that they aggregate that all together and they come up with, okay, what happened at this? Because everyone, everyone's going through the same scenario or like group of scenarios. Um, and so they're basically determining what happened in sort of the real history of Arcanus based off the average of what happened at the table. Yes, um, that's exactly how it was explained to me how Epex worked for Adventures League, is there will be GMs, over-GMs, that are not running anything. They're just managing the entire, the 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 uh, overarching epic, and they'll go, okay, what what's happened here? What's happened here? And then based on what has happened at certain tables, he they would go to another table and go, okay, add four more bad guys here, or here's a fireball. Everyone take this much damage unless you want to do this X, Y, or Z. Who wants to do that? And the environment would change based on what everyone else was doing, creating this like huge, like epic feeling so that, of what they're doing. Th yeah. So that makes me re remember an idea that I once had when I, when I first started hearing about this. And I think it's actually feasible now with the sort of like the big data that we have uh, at our disposal. But so the joke is that fantasy football is is D and D for jocks. Yeah. It really is. So my idea was fantasy D and D, where you you basically you you build your adventuring party out out of like the hundreds of people ah, and whatnot, I'm and you bad. keep you keep track of all like, well, this guy's critical five times in the last two hours, and then it's you, as valid as any other statistic. Yeah, 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 well, no, just, it's it's the worm eating its own head. <laughs> It'd be super fun. Uh, the, oh, so we're talking about con games and all the w different types of games we've seen there. One that's happened a while back, they started. Well, I remember when it started at DragonCon, which is called the Meat Grinder, which is oh, yeah. uh, the D and D Meat Grinder, which is here's a character, mm -hmm. take a character, like you make a, like a level X character, mm -hmm. all do perfectly legal, and then you go, we're doing this dungeon. How long do you last? Yeah. How well, long it, it also has like special rules, like death saves are, are meaner. Yeah. Um, and, and and just the idea of who can get longer, and I'm starting to see the gambler in me is like you can put money on this guy oh he's gone for five five rounds everyone let's, let's commodify let's meta meta it let's let's do this shit <laughs> let's get scroll let's get with the normies just x scroll yeah let's get with the normies yeah let's do it let's do it let's co-opt it let's co-opt it let's make it ours uh actually penny arcade has been done a series of strips that is basically kind of this idea <laughs> uh like the professional dungeon crawlers yeah, that's uh, that's what the setting X crawl is all about. It's it's D and D. It's actually D. It's, it's it's professional wrestling. Yeah, it's is what it is. Yeah, you you play the characters that are in dungeons that are made by like for entertainment of other people as yeah. they watch you go through these dungeons. Yeah, it's like full. It's it's like fully um fully recorded, um and like you have you have people who are celebrity you know who celebrities in and of themselves. Who make the dungeon? Mm -hmm. And like there was one in in the X crawl fiction, there was one like Beholder, yeah. who was particularly an asshole. And this is a game that was written by people who I kind of know. Like I'm peripheral. They're, they're local. They're they're, 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 they're local, local, and I know. I think I know someone who knows the people who wrote the, wrote it. And it is a crazy ass setting. I would love to see it get updated to five foot five. Yeah, yeah, that would be that'd be hilarious. Well, you could just run it. You could just run it. The settings. So, yeah, I could, but I don't want to. Um, but uh, <laughs> so it's um, d twenty. She is a harsh mistress. She's a harsh, harsh mistress. I played. Uh, it was a. I played a female character. I was a 
uh, lawful evil cleric of the harpies mm-hmm. because it was because Xcrawl had it was Roman gods. Yeah, like that that was a setting. It was they were like legit Roman gods, but it was sort of a pseudo modern setting. Mm. And so I was a lawful evil harpy cleric, and my fan base were cops. <laughs> Like the cops loved me because they loved they were cops usually of the harpies, you know, lawful evil. <laughs> and I was a bitch. I was horrible. My signature move was I would I would uh, I would swallow a uh, fire potion and then give a monster a French kiss. Yeah, as you do. Yeah, indeed. And that and well, and like that's the thing. Everyone had signature moves that they did. Yeah. That they got a bonus on trying to pull off. Oh, I li- I like that. It was really fun and. That's the sort of thing, you know what? Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. But yeah, I mean, let's get back to the topic. Yeah. <laughs> that was the sidebar, everyone. That was the sidebar. X-Crawl, it's fun. Commodifying D&D, let's do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, con gaming. So, as we said, let's get actually back more to the nitty gritty, because mm-hmm. we've run a couple of con games. We have. Always expect that you will not have enough time to complete the adventure. <laughs> Unless you are an extremely, extremely talented GM who, who knows how to pace themselves very well. You're probably gonna have to shortcut a few things here and there mm-hmm. to make it work because you only have that four hour. Well, the block. way I, the way I ran it and the way that the people I was running it with ran it was that basically you have you have an agenda. Yeah, you have items that you want to try and accomplish, NPCs that you want to put on stage, events that you want to have happen, and you don't you don't you you have a general order for them to happen, but you stick them in where there's a good moment. Yeah. And sometimes things fall by the wayside. Some things, you times you have, you don't have enough content. Yeah. Um. But it's that's sort of the flexibility that you need to have at a con. So, so do they usually like have pre-generated characters for their adventures? Uh, pre-gens are absolutely important. I mean, there have been some games where you like you make your own character, but I feel unless you're really good with the system, that's going to eat up too much like, time. Like ten candles, if you're doing it, oh, you, yeah. you can you can do that in like. 10 minutes because it's literally in three index mm-hmm. cards yeah. but yeah anything with where i would have to like understand the mechanics any better i would really hope that the gm would come correct with like yeah here's a fee- here's a in piece of paper with some shit on it that i in you generally know. you have pre-gens um there's also board gaming indeed like, there's, yeah, a, there's a lot so, like they so have much. like like a lot of cons like i know dragon con does uh, MomoCon had it as yeah. well. Yeah, everyone, almost every major con now does does the whole board game library thing. Yeah, you, you go in, you turn in your uh, li- generally an ID to them, and you pay like put down a deposit of a buck or mm-hmm. like two bucks, and they'll give you a board game. You go play with whoever wants to play the game. Yeah, that's fun. It is. That's actually a great way to spend some extra time. Not a good time to end it at MomoCon. Mm-hmm. Um. And there's also like video gaming that they have. Uh, well, yeah, DragonCon boasts the uh, the uh, Tokyo Attack Arcade, yeah. which is like a shit ton of Japanese games, a bunch of classic boxes, pinball. Yeah, the Momocon had it too. Yeah, a bunch of crazy, crazy rhythm games that make you feel like a a digital wizard because for touching spheres on a on a who, touch. Who doesn't screen, want to be a digital wizard? Come I on. I love it. One of the cool games that ha- they had was a, a rhythm swiping game where you like have to like swipe spheres like you you touch a sphere and you swipe it in specific tracks and ways that you would have to do it and you'd have to tap it at certain times too very much like uh elite beat agents or owen don on the Mm. nintendo ds except it's a gigantic like 32 inch touch screen Uh, i have yet to play but i want to is the saber game oh beat saber it's so fun i want to play beat saber at some point when i um when when con season is over which is going to be december for me 
I'm probably going to pick up a refurbished VR headset and we're going to set up an, an area. Things I learned. VR chat uh, is weird. Yeah, uh, no, it is, isn't it? Thanks to... Uh, Speaking of another sidebar. Yeah, gifts with sound, man. They have a lot of weird <laughs> shit that happens in VR chat. Yes. And I didn't know that it's full mocap, essentially. That's like so weird. In some cases, it's full motion capture yep. of people doing stuff. Because I knew this because I had a very attractive lady doing like stretches and stuff in you mm -hmm. know on in front of a green screen and then they have what her you know her character mm -hmm. was doing and it was like oh my god that's full perfect capture which makes everything that i've seen even weirder because <laughs> there's a lot of people ruffling people's hair there's a lot of touching there's a lot of but they're not actually touching but they're not actually touching they only they're touching in vr space at the moment that you can like give someone like 20 bucks mm -hmm. while while in vr space we're we're fucked like <laughs> we, we've started it's it, it's it begun if you can like in vr pull up your paypal and send them some money mm -hmm. and just and like, so you can see some anime titties watch them dance man i've, I've seen it yeah. second life man they're that hap that some weird shit happened in Second Life. Yeah, and now they have full motion capture VR. Oh my! So God. it's only a matter of time, dude. It's only a matter of time before every all, all of it starts colliding. The only thing limiting us right now is that there aren't that many like avatars yeah. out there. But soon that's but, going. I mean, people are creating their own. Yeah, people create their own. A lot of time it's just you know cute anime girls. Yeah, but yeah, and that gets and robots and robots mm -hmm. and sex robot sex robot. robot. He's been watching robot. a lot of Westworld, so yeah. Yeah, I've been watching. I've been catching up on Westworld, and uh, not as much sex robot in this. Not in this season. Oh, there's season. a lot of blood and guts. There's robots. actually a lot Sh less sex robot. Shogun World was as awesome as I was hoping it, it was really going to be. It really was, wasn't it? But let's get off the sidebar. That's that's more for Patreon content. Yep. Right sorry. Uh, no con games. They they can be very interesting and fun. Um, they're honestly for me. Con games is one of those situations, other than like maybe long, more long term, like stuff that we did with Vampire back in the day with Dark right, Mirror yeah. and Liquid Dreams. Yeah. Um, what they would do is they had actually run a continuity uh, in their game, but it was year to year. So you would come. This is kind of how I injected myself into Dragon Con is with Dark Confrontation and with Liquid Dreams with all of their mm -hmm. content. I would go for their games. I wouldn't do much of the con stuff. Yeah. I would just be there to be in those games. It's only in the last couple of years that I've like pulled myself away from gaming and done actual like panels and uh, concerts and other yeah. stuff like that, and then sort of got into what the rest of the convention's actually about. I might be going in the opposite direction. I be, might be following my friends who are doing the tabletop stuff around a lot and bothering <laughs> them because my time giving a whole a hot shit about anything that goes on at Dragon Con has come to a close. <laughs> I don't give a shit about whose concert is on. Right. The only time I ever gave a shit about a concert at Dragon Con is when Mindless Self-Indulgence played my first year. And wow. that's why I went to Dragon Con ah. because I wanted to go to an MSI concert and that was how you did it. And it was badass. Yeah, and uh, actually, I'd be happy since we're gonna be you're gonna be down most of the weekend. I'm happy to go game with you if you want to do some tabletopping because I'm happy to do Adventures League or whatever. Even if it's Adventures League, man, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, it's it's it can be but fun. I'd like to play something that isn't Dungeons and Dragons. Sure, if, we, if there's possible. tons of it. There's tons of it. Um, actually, I was like looking at because, like I said, Abby and them showed me that there's Amber. Uh, that's there's actually a couple Amber games. Which, really? Yeah, some of those fill up very quickly though because sure there's do, only yeah. a few people. Go meet your people, Scott. I've done it. Do you know if you're going to run a game at conventions, because we and Scott had done this, you have to sign up. Basically, if you're going to run the game, you've basically got to contact the person who's in charge of running the role-playing games and say, hey, I'm going to run at these times. Is that cool? And he will help organize. That, those people will help 
organize the players so that you you have people to play in those slots um, if it's just not a pickup game. Now, if you're just a dude who's like, who wants to run? I'm running a game right now. You can do that, too. I mean, I, why don't we coordinate off, Mike, uh, about like buying some tickets for slots or some shit? Yeah. Sounds good. They're only like a buck or two. Um, and it can just, and I, like I said, tabletopping at DragCon is one of those things, or at any convention is basically like, hey, I want to, I have like four or five hours to burn and there's nothing else for me to do. Why not? Yeah, my, my nights are pretty locked down, but other, yeah. like Saturday and Sunday night are pretty much locked down, but everything else is negotiable. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, and also, uh, con games are a great way to experiment with new mechanics or new ideas that you may have. Uh, we did that with our game. And we and I've seen other people like uh, I just want to I just want to know how other people role play, like who other t- other <laughs> tables. Yeah. How do other tabletop people do this shit? Because I've only like now I'm pretty experienced. Like I've played a lot of games, but mm-hmm. honestly, in these many years I've been doing it, the the list of people that have it's been alongside has been small. Like mm-hmm. it's you know under thirty people right that I've tabletop with in the last twenty years or some well fifteen years, but. I want to like, and and every once in a while, I'll, I'll, I'll I'd role play with some people who like who weren't my usual. And I'd be like, "This is weird." <laughs> I bet you. Well, you can't predict them. You don't know who they are as people. You're not used to their responses, right? Well, I'm always on guard for fuckery because I'm usually like, I have a, I have. A, it's uh, out there. I, I'm actually. It's funny that you mentioned that, and uh, I want to go back because I've been watching a lot of stuff about Matt on Matt Coble's channel on YouTube. Um, if not, I've talked about him before. He did Strongholds and Followers. Go follow him on YouTube. Uh, one of the things he talked about uh, recently, he is going to be starting his own, that he raised all the money for Strongholds and Followers is so he could get his uh, studio up and running so he could do his actual plays for D&D. The reason why, and he explained it in one of his videos, is he's like, okay, when people watch Critical Role, that is fine, that is dandy. You have to remember, that's not most people's D&D games. That is a small percentage. Those are all very. Those are all actors. They are profession. They are professionals at projecting a character and getting across an emotion. They are very. Uh, they're. They're generally all very good looking. I was like, they're all attractive. They're all very attractive, but they're also very, very in character. Like they're. They're very. They're. They're very gestate wildly. Mm-hmm. They're very. They do voices. They're very much in character. And Matt. Uh, and Max. Max Mercer, the GM indulges that he wants them to do that matt and matt Koval's like that's a perfectly fine way to play but that's when it, but when people look at that that's not when people see that that's not all of D. that's There's the dungeons and dragons more. equivalent of la la land yeah yeah because what matt Koval was doing for a while because he started his own stream because he was testing out equipment he was testing out the platform mm-hmm. and his gm style very different than max because he's more of a um, a sort of an architect type of guy. He's very top top down overview uh-huh. type of character. Like, I want here's the political situation. What's your characters doing with the with this barony and these subjects? Well, how are you going to deal with this? You're not just doing dungeon crawling this stuff. And a lot of the adventures you go on, they could be important to your character personally, but most of them aren't. Right. Like you're doing a job. You're doing a job, or you're you're doing something for someone else. You're not doing stuff that's like tied to your backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Matt's making his stream and his actual plays so that other people have another way of showcasing probably a style D anD D that's they're they're familiar with mm-hmm. or just different. Which it goes back to your thing of getting outside your comfort zone and role playing with other people. Well, that's why I think. Uh, Wait, to bring like, it back. 
Jerry Holkins, uh, like his style is different. Different, like yeah. he he's DA, he DMs his players through an acid trip uh, most of the time. Yeah, he's uh, he gets very into their characters. Like, like he knows those characters better than almost those players know their own characters. Well, I think the way they built those characters were a lot. It was a lot of here's what I'm bringing to the char- table about this character. And then Jerry had what he was bringing to the table with that character. So there's stuff about the characters that the players don't know. Right. And there's stuff about the characters that the GM doesn't know. Right. And they're sort of finding those I'm, things about And I'm out. always okay with it. I'm always okay with that as long as I am at no point told how I feel. Yeah. As long as a GM a GM is never allowed to tell uh, me Jerry how I feel actually, about something. Listening to, he does do that occasionally he does he does he enunciates it but generally he has such an intimate knowledge of the character and the player mm-hmm. he's like yeah. he he he's like you're when i tell you you feel like this you're probably on the same page i am about mm-hmm. what the situation and that requires a level of like yeah of well there's a great deal of trust that collaborative thing. storytelling that i just i don't usually well let's just say that that's not been my experience with dungeons and dragons <laughs> <laughs> and in and, and, and i'm super eager because i've watched critical Role, i've watched c team uh, now and I'm and I'm looking forward to Matt's stream when mm-hmm. he gets it up and running, which should be relatively soon. Uh, and I'm just starting to like see them and seeing the possibilities of not just D and D but other games. And to turn and to turn this to what what like something that actually applies to anything we're supposed to be talking about on this episode. <laughs> uh, I believe which of the two, which of the podcasts that we are working with on the panel actually had a live play at a con. I believe it was botched. Botch has been doing it, yes. Because they have live plays. That they and that's a new that's a new thing. That's a new thing where you can go a, to a room. There's 200 people in a room watching some guys play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, Botch, I believe, will have a live play at DragonCon this year. I think it's the next. It's either later that night or this Saturday. Wait, I night. think that's super that's cool sweet. I would have an ungodly amount of anxiety, but I would also probably enjoy myself. Yeah. I would have a lot of fun trying to do well, that if, if I could so, get a room uh, for that. The guys that uh, the 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 A team, the the Acquisitions Incorporated, which kind of started that yeah. that idea of we're gonna play D and D on a stage. I remember going to PAX East. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, actual PAX, regular yeah. PAX in two thousand eight. In eight in two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I wasn't present for it because it was impossible to get in. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have to schedule my life around that at Pax West, at Pax Unplugged. Uh, but anyway, so like the way they describe it is that unless the audience like intrudes upon it with like someone shouting out like "Hey, do your second attack," uh, because there there are people who know what their characters are capable of, oh, yeah, yeah, and will like shout out like "Hey, do your divine smite" or something like that. Bless um, motherfucker, bless, bless motherfucker. motherfucker. <laughs> uh, but they, they describe it like, unless something like that happens, they describe like the audience just kind of melts away. Right. And they're just, they're just it's playing just the game. It's just actors on a stage. It's, it's, it's it that also, idea. It also like, import, that would be very useful like for lighting reasons. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like light it so I can't see them, please. Yeah. Light it so I can't see them, please. Um, no, and I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm super eager. And that's interesting that that's happening more at conventions too. Like that's just becoming a part of the convention. Yeah, well, I think it's repertoire. I think, I think now that it is, now that role playing is seen as a method of performance and entertainment yeah. for more than just the people at the table. Yeah. You're going to see it pre-mutate. Uh, Matt um, uh, coined a term, and I think you'll like this, it's called professional player. Huh. Becoming a professional player, where I that would... is what you do to make money and Jesus get... Christ, stop talking about my fantasies. <laughs> like, you that's can... not... Dude, that... 
You know what I have to say to that? Fucking bullshit. That's what I have to say <laughs> but to that. There are people who, who do it? Okay. at least a portion yeah. of their media presence is that. And yeah, and there's and there's people who get paid lots and lots of money to sing. There That's aren't true. that many of them. There are professional GMs. They exist. I, I would I would say that the number of those is even smaller than the number of actual celebrities on the planet, which is about two hundred and fifty. Well, you know, but you know what? They exist. They exist. I, well, it happens. I mean, people. If it know. happens more, I'll, I'll like just listen, man. I just want it. So can I just like let me just not believe it's not real, so that I can just sit in my cynical hole <laughs> and just not be like I could just be played to do the thing I like to do. Okay, but I think we're getting off topic, and I think we're going to bring this to a close because I. I I, unless we have anything... Don't very... tell me how to feel. <laughs> <laughs> You're not my GM. Yes, I am. Oh. On this podcast, I am. Okay. Uh, what, uh, like does that? anyone else have anything to say about convention gaming? There's a lot of fun to be had. Do it. You have to do a lot of pre-planning. Try it. Go try it and do it. Um, You'll meet some cool people. It's... Uh... You'll meet some assets. Yeah, but I mean, you can also be drunk while doing it. Oh yeah, you can be super fucked up during all of this, and it's actually way more interesting. As long as, and I would say this, you know, do a little asterisk. Just don't be a problem for anyone else. Yeah, like I'm a delight. (laughs) I'm told. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Just be responsible about it, and it can be a whole new experience. Yeah, Yeah, be a whole new. And what I like about it, and this is what, but the Adventures League, it was the. You know how you were like, I have. I'm shy. I don't. I don't feel comfortable around all these new people. That kind of stuff. For me, I'm almost the reverse. I kind of get a buzz off of it because I go in there. I'm like, look at all these people. They're all like me. They're all playing a game, and we're all gonna have cool adventures together. And everyone's here to have a good time. Sure, there'll be asshats occasionally, but but then the, I can hit them with my broadsword. Yeah, exactly. Or plus it's just five the idea of, damage. I will ignore them because I'm a mature adult, and I'll just go off and do something and, else and because also, I don't need these. I feel like deal with it. Also, like, if you're paying, like, are you really paying and scheduling to go be a dick at a, to be a dick at someone's table? I, I if you if you're that person, like, I just wouldn't, you know, it's hard to imagine that person. I'm sure they exist. They do. Oh, just more like give it a shot. As long as you can say cogent enough to execute mechan- your mechanics at in a timely yeah. fashion, everything's mm-hmm. fine. Um, actually, uh, one last little antidote because I, I literally watched this last night, and this goes back again to Matt Koval. He was explaining the entire history of L5R. The oh. CCG at a convention between 1995 and 97. Oh, yeah, shit happened until, there. Up until the Day of Thunder. He was at the Gen Con in 1997 when all that happened. And he was an avid L5R player. And um, he f- tried to follow that story because the cool thing about that story was it was told through the cards. No one really wrote it down until much until after the fact. Right. So it was the idea of kind of assuming why does this card have different text than this card what's happened between them in the interim and the convention itself would dictate. Well, and he told me something went. John Wick did at that last game that was amazing. I knew John Wick was involved. Mm-hmm. So John Wick was also part of uh, writing the characters of L5R. Mm-hmm. He wasn't necessarily the overarching story structure or mm-hmm. the world guy. He was the character. Who is this per- Who is this card? Who is this person? So what he would do for the Day of Thunder which was the last, the 1997 Gen Con, he brought 12 envelopes, mm-hmm. all with the mon of the different uh, clans in the game. So you had a Shadowlands one, you had a Lion one, you had a Crane, you sure. had all of them. Every time when when a group of all of the players of a certain clan would be outed from the tournament, mm-hmm. he burnt the envelope. Ooh. So because in the envelopes was the 
was in result of what happened in the game. Oh shit! So, so no one would know. So it was the last cl- clan standing. So basically. this is the most magical thing in the world, and this is kind of a sidebar, and I'm going to end it here just because it's a fucking great story. So the it ended up that a lion player and a crane player were the last two players. Earlier, two um, Naga players, um, they went up and played each other, but they went, wait a second, we're Naga, we're not humans, we don't fight amongst each other, so you know what, we're just gonna, we're gonna play a couple rounds, whoever has the biggest army wins, but we're not actually gonna fight each other, and they went up to the, basically the guys who run uh-huh. the, the tournament and the story, because the guys there were there too, were like, this is what we do, is that okay, he's like, yeah, as long as you two as players agree that that's how you're going to resolve the game, that's fine by us. And the lion player and the crane player at the very end knew this story. Mm-hmm. And they and in the story of Rokugan, there was a, the, the head champion of the lion clan and the head champion of the crane clan used to be childhood friends. Hmm. And so they said, no, we're not going to fight each other. Because this was to see who would who would kill Fu Lang, the, uh-huh. the great evil, the great right. Satan of the setting. Um, no, we won't do this. Which one of we're gonna fight each other? But w- this is to see whoever loses gets the honor of dying, so the other one could kill Fu Lang, so they can become emperor. That's fucking cool. And know what? No, and they did that. They went up. They talked to everyone, including John Wick, mm-hmm. agreed, and he took the last two folders, mm-hmm. burnt both of them. And had to on the fly Come narrate a new story of how fooling was destroyed, uh, and how <sighs> the winner of the the two friends, the winner of that tournament, became the new emperor because the other one sacrificed himself to to, uh, to so fooling could die. That's fucking. I was crazy. like, that's con gaming, guys. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of shit that can actually exist because you have a live story that's going on, especially if it's um even though this was a CCG. It was very obvious that you could easily do a role-playing sessions mm-hmm. with it of having a story that has various factors based on various games that go off, and then the result can be wholly different than what you expect it to be. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of like procedurally generating like a big story. Right, yeah, and um, I like that story. I thought it was a very That's sexy cool story. story. But it's sufficiently epic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm glad I could portray it as such. Um, but I think, we're, I think we're done. I think we're done. We'll get on the patron content. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll hopefully see many of you at Dragon Con. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Make it. Five thirty on Friday. Five thirty on Friday. Five thirty on Friday. Five thirty on Friday. You're gonna hear on the. Hey, good news! You're gonna. We're gonna say it in the Patreon content also. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Five thirty on Friday. Yep. Uh, well, from everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. Hey, Matthew here. I just wanted to let you know, if you want to get feedback to Polyhedron, you can go to polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to the show's Twitter handle at polyhedroncast. Uh, if you really like to help us out, you can go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash polyhedron. Uh, give us a buck a month and become one of our bosses and really support the show. And if you're looking to get in touch with us on Twitter, you can find Matthew at BioImportance. You can find Scott at DivasMallCalf. And you can find Ryan at Arduous. You want to spell it? R-J-U-O-U-S. And finally, just so we can wrap it up here, if you are listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere, give us a five-star review. It really helps our exposure. All right. Thanks, guys. 